0: Uh, So we've been talking about stewardship and generosity. We started last week. And how many of you know that consistency is golden? Consistency is golden. When you do things over and over and over and over again, when it becomes a routine, especially when it's a positive led by God, uh, it is always a good thing. It, it, It brings good habits, positive habits into our lives. Um, And even in the world, we see that uh, that consistency is golden. Uh, You know, I want to play a couple tracks. If you're a product of the 80s, you're going to just look and say, I I know that. I want to play a couple tracks and see if you guys remember uh, these songs, uh, any, any of you. So go ahead and play the first track, Christy. In church, Christy. Come on. Who sang that song? Who? Who? Tony Basil. <laughs> Tony Basil. One person knew. Everyone else was like, that girl that had the pigtails and she was doing that cheer. Right? It was the only hit that Tony Basil had. It's called a one hit wonder. One hit wonder. But then there's there's those bands that they put out not only. One song hits, but they actually put out albums that you would listen to uh, when you had vinyl back then. Remember, put put this track on. See if anyone remembers this. Who played that song? Journey. Journey. Everybody knows. So Journey put out about 19 uh, top 10 hits in the 80s with their albums being gold and platinum albums. And they teach us something that's vital. They teach us that consistency is golden. And when you think about generosity, let's think about it in this way. You can be a one-hit wonder... Or a no-hit wonder, and never give, or give once a year, or you can consistently be giving to the work of God. And who notices? God. He wants for us to be consistent in our generosity, because when you are, not only is it a blessing to you, but it's a blessing to others. And I, I want to hear. I, I want us to show this video testimony. And let me say this before we go into that that testimony. We might have been knocked out of the uh, Facebook and because we played a, 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 song that, that we don't have the rights to. So we don't own the rights. We don't own the rights to that journey song and that Tony Basil song. Uh, but I want to, I want us to play this testimony on someone that, that God has really, uh, used mightily in, in, in being generous and how it has changed his life. Go ahead, Christy.
1: Hi, my name is Sly. Um, I'm here today to talk to you a little bit about generosity and uh, what it means to me to be generous. And uh, it's generosity to me is very important. And the reason it is is because of, we worship God in many different ways, but we also worship God financially and giving back to the church to see the church grow and to go out and to do missions and evangelize. And uh, I like to read a scripture in uh, Matthew six, and it says Matthew six twenty. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it's important that we we uh, give back to God because we we can buy. Many things here on earth, but it's temporal. So, and I mean, even if even when we go out and we buy a new vehicle, it's nice and shiny and new, and then the payments come in, and the newness wears off. It's not like that. Whenever you give into the kingdom of God, it's it's like it's always refreshing. God has placed in my heart um, to be always be a, cheer, a cheerful giver, and it's it's just a it's just a relaxing feeling, it's just, it's like, how can I, how can I give more, like, if you bring more finances into my life, or whatever, I'm going to pour back into the church, and into the mission of the church, which is reaching people for God, and that's for eternity, like giving to God, it's for eternity, uh, there was a time when, uh, I didn't know what it was like to be poor, I mean, when I was growing up, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't realize what it, what it was like to be poor until I got married and I started having kids and I was like, <laughs> it was a whole different ball game. There was very little money to go around. And back in the day, we used to get our check and go to the bank and cash it and we'd have this big wad of cash and and then we had tithe envelopes. And I remember uh, when I first started tithing, I, I was... I would take $80, and I would stuff it in there, and I'd be like, God, I'm trusting you because I could really use this, you know, for raising my family and stuff. But I'll tell you one thing. Ever since then, that was quite some time ago, but all this time, God has he has got a plan. He's got a plan for my life, for your life, and he has taken care of me like, like no other. I mean, I've... There hasn't been any needs or wants. And if there, if there was, it was because I foolishly spent my money on something. And I was like, wow, I probably shouldn't have done that. But anytime time that I give to God, I'm, I'm just like, use this to the best, just to go out and, and to give back, give back to the community, give back to God. And uh, I just, I really thank God that I'm able to have a cheerful uh, heart on giving and it's it's not a burden like when i get paid and i just look at it i just right off the top give give you know pay you know give like the bible says to give you know a tenth to the lord and offerings besides um it's it's not a big deal to me and i i give god all the glory and the praise for that because i know that some people it might be hard like i i don't really have I don't have the funds to give. And if that's the case, I say just reach out to God and ask God, like, you know my situation. Like, God knows all of our situations, financially, everything, physically, mentally. But financially, God knows where you're at. And if you ask God, like, God, I really would like to give, but I don't, I, I just don't, I don't have it. God will definitely make a way for you to give back.
0: Amen, amen. It's beautiful. I love that. Thank you, Sly, for sharing uh, that that testimony. I love it because it's raw and it's 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 who we are as people. All of us uh, are called to be generous, but it's not an easy thing to do. It goes against ourself. It goes against how we want to live our lives independently and say, "This is my money." I want it now and I'm going to do with it with however I feel fit to do with it. And what I've noticed about money is a lot of times we seem like we, it seems like we never have enough. Amen. And whenever I get more then I'll, then I'll be generous and I'll give, Uh, but, but one of the things that really stands out to me that I think is vital as we go into this message is God's generosity is never one and done. It's always constant. Have you noticed that in life? That he's continuously uh, blessing us with with all the blessings that we are able to enjoy in our lives. And as Americans, we are very blessed compared to everybody else in the world. Uh, And and so when I come and speak about generosity, when I come and speak about money, uh, let me tell you, I come with fear and trembling. In fact, last night, 2.30 in the morning, I was awake just like the the Saturday before uh, last week. Because I'm talking about something that I know will strike a nerve in everybody. Because it strikes a nerve in me. And every time I turned, tossed and turned, when I turned, I would say, Lord, I want to honor you with what I'm going to say. And then i think about something else. Lord, I'm going to trust you with I'm, with your word. Because here's what's important, beloved. It's not important what I have to say about generosity. But it's very important what God has to say. It, it, it's not important what I have to say about money. But it's very important what God has to say about money and and going back to last week, it really boils down to trust. It's where our hearts are at. And what are we trusting? Jesus said, where your treasures are, that is where your heart will also be. And so when we look at our treasures, it will really determine where our hearts are going to be. And I I spoke about how our bank apps nowadays, we, we used to have checkbooks and Now we don't, we, most of us have a bank app that we, that we deal with and everything's electronic and this will tell you where your treasures are and it will also determine where our hearts are because it won't lie to you. It'll tell you where your money is going. And God calls us, in fact, like 170 times in the New Testament, Jesus talks about generosity or the Bible talks about generosity. So he's very strong about being people who are generous. People who, who don't let money determine the way that we live and the things that we do. Money doesn't dictate what we do because money is amoral. It doesn't have morality or it's not immoral. It'll do whatever you tell it to do. Amen? The, the money that you have is doing exactly what you're telling it to do. And, and so when we, when we look at this subject, that's important for us to start with that mindset. So I want to go to Malachi chapter 3 and here uh, the prophet Malachi is, is, is prophesying to the children of Israel and he's he's dealing with a lot a lot of things that is taking their hearts away from God. He in this chapter he deals with divorce uh, they were they were divorcing each other the men were divorcing their wives uh, like people change their troners right? That's Spanish, how people change their underwear, just constant. And and God says, I I divorce, He says, I hate divorce because it destroys people. That doesn't mean that God can't restore us from a divorce, but let's speak uh, uh, plainly does hurt ever, I mean, does divorce ever hurt individuals? Yeah, so God talks about it in, in, in his word. And then he, he comes to this place and he's, he talks about how they were dealing with foreigners, how they were treating foreigners. He said, you were foreigners in another land and yet I was gracious to you. And so he talks to our hearts and that really speaks to Americans. How do we deal with other people? How do we deal with ethnicities? How do we deal with, with, with those things that are against us? I know that no one in this service or in this church has any prejudice but it can try to creep in. Amen. And and so God deals with it in his word. And then he gets to this place in in chapter three, verse eight, and he says some things that, that, and this is God's word. This is not me. This is God's word. And then he, he says this, he says, should people cheat God? Another translation says, should people rob God? Okay. Should people cheat God? you have cheated me. He's talking to his his children of Israel, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me, and you are under a curse for the whole nation has been cheating me. What he's he's saying right here is that the nation of Israel had, had walked away from the things of God, and they were doing things that were immoral, they were doing things that were contrary to God, and, 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 their, and their pocketbook, their, their, their harvest, their giving, reflected where their hearts were. So this, to me, is a heart check. More than anything, it, more than being chastised, or maybe more than, than someone, you feeling, oh, God is out to get me. God's not out to get you, God's out to love you. And he says, you're under a curse for the whole nation has been cheating me. And then he says, he invites, and, and this is important for us to know, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And how many of you would say that's, a, that's amazing? So it's, it's God dealing with a problem. And then God says, I have a blessing for you. So you're actually, when when we're not generous, when we're not generous, we're actually holding back the blessing of God. Are you with me? Why? Why is that? Because until you're generous, until you get to that place, your heart is not in the place where it's right before God. And God is more interested with our hearts than he is with our money. He doesn't need our money say amen if you believe that. He doesn't need our money. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. And the gates of death, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So can can I tell you something? The church of Jesus Christ is going to stand whether we give or not. Because it's not our church, it's his. But what he wants, he wants a heart that is right before him. And he says, try it. Try it. In other words, try being generous. Try tithing. Put me to the test. This is the only place in the scriptures where God says to test him. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I, I don't read negative into this. I, I, I see nothing but positive that when we take a position of generosity, that the hand of God will bless us like we've never seen before. Amen. And the only time that we struggle with generosity, can I tell you, the only time that we struggle with being generous is when we're not generous. Because when you're generous, it's not difficult. You, you understand that, that it is very, very powerful and it's very, very good. When you take a generous stance in your life, generosity' doesn't, doesn't bother you, but let me, let me say this. Generosity will actually make couples fight. Someone in, in, in a marriage might want to be generous, and the other one is struggling with that. Well, we, we don't have enough money, and, and, and so it makes people fight. We, we saw last week with Ananias and Sapphira how, how they lied about their money. So we know that, that when it comes to being generous, there's all kinds of things that come into play because the enemy of our soul does not want us to walk in the character of God. Hear me now. And so as we look at this with a, with a New Testament lens, as we look at this through the, through the cross of Jesus, that he came and he fulfilled everything that needs to be fulfilled, we need to understand what does God mean in his whole word? Because Jesus is the word of God. He's the one that's giving this, this word to Malachi. He's speaking to him. And Jesus doesn't change. Amen? So here's what I'm going to say consistency is golden. And when you are consistently generous, great things happen in your individual life, great things happen in your family, great things happen in your churches, great things happen in your community. Did you know that, that the benches and all the paint and everything that was, that was done in the communities, did you know who paid for that? Who paid for that? Living Word Chapel did. The, the rural schools don't have the funding. The, the, the rural communities don't have the funding. Isn't it amazing when, when the blessings of God not only come into our lives, but we give those blessings to other people? It just it changes everything. So here, here's what I'm going to say. Four important takeaways from this, from this passage right here. First of all, you need to understand the Old Testament tithe. Anyone in here ever heard someone say, uh, I gave a tithe at church? and Just raise your hand if you heard that. Or, or, or someone might have said, uh, 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 do you tithe? What does it mean? To tithe, it means to give ten percent. So if you have a dime, you would give a penny. If you have a dollar, you would give 10 cents back. If you have a hundred dollars, you would give $10 back. If you have a thousand dollars, you would give how much? $100 hundred dollars back. So, so a tithe. You're, you're going to give 10% back. Now, think about God. First of all, He doesn't need anything, but He says, "I'm going to ask you. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to challenge you to give 10% back to my work, to 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 my uh, to my uh, uh, the endeavors that I have for humanity." And that's what He does um, before the law was given. So we we're going to look at it from from. Moses in the law and in the, in the Ten Commandments and in, in the, the, the precepts that he gave to the Israelites, there was a law that you would give 10%. There was a tithe that they would give. But this is important, very important. Before Moses ever gave that law of a tithe, Abraham was tithing. In fact, he came before this king, Uh, This priest of, 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 of Salem, it wasn't a king, it was a priest, and his name was Melchizedek. And Abram had just, he had just won a big battle, and he had plundered all the goods and everything, and he brought that back. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 14, verse 19 and 20, Melchizedek blessed Abram. This is before Abram was changed from from Abram to Abraham. He blessed Abram with this blessing. And he said, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. That's important right there. Because what what, what Melchizedek is telling Abraham, you didn't defeat your enemies, God did. The, the battles that we have, we're not going to win them on our own. We're going to win them through the power of God. If you have a financial battle right now, you're going to win it through the battle, I mean through the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, or family battles, whatever we're facing. So he says, "And blessed be the God most High who's defeated your enemies for, for you." Then Abram, then Abram, gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. And Jacob, who became Israel, that's the grandson of, of Abraham. Jacob, he has this time with with the Lord, and and, and God promised him that He was going to bless Jacob with the same blessing that Abraham had. And, and Jacob, in, in chapter 28, verse 20 through, through 22, it says, "Then Jacob made a vow, he made a commitment, he made a promise, saying." If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey that I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, that's kind of my life right there. Amen? That's kind of my declaration. Lord, Lord, if you'll be with me and if you give me some good food and be with me on my journey and give me something good to drink, right? Don't we say that? He, it keeps on going. And you give me clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give you a what? A tenth. Isn't it interesting, and we're going to do it again at the start of the year, that when we went through the pandemic and, and God was faithful and he carried us through the difficulty of that, that very trying time, that we had a time that, that the Lord t- took us and I, I preached on Joshua, we went through the Book of Joshua and, and in that we had these stones that we, we, that we brought and we put our, our, our prayer, our prayers and petitions and even the, the promises of God and we put them and everyone did that because we saw the faithfulness of God and we trusted him through the most difficult time in the world for, 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 for a, a long season that, that, that hasn't happened like this and we saw the faithfulness of God, and how many of us can say we're still here? How many of us can say that God has remained faithful? And do you know where those rocks are that you that you uh, put your prayers on? We put, we put lacquer on polyurethane on them and, and covered them so they'd, be, so they'd be kept safe, and the Lord would always see those prayers. You know where they're at? In the fountain. Because this church is built on the prayers of of the saints, this church will be built on the faithfulness of our God, and we will continue to give back to the Lord because the Lord continues to always provide for us. Then Moses comes around, and and and, and God, God gave Moses this this uh, plan, and and he was going to go and free the people that were in bondage in Egypt, and. God gave Moses the law, and Moses instructed the Israelite to tithe. And we see this in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 28 and 29. It says, At the end of every third year, bring the entire tithe of that year's harvest and store it into the nearest town, and give it to the Levites, that's the priest, who will receive no allotment of land among you, as well as to the, oh my goodness, to the foreigners living among you. In other words, be a blessing to foreigners and the orphans. And the widows in your town so they can eat and be satisfied just like you Israelites who I have blessed is what he's saying. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all your work. That's so important for us beloved that God notices everything we do. He notices who we help. He notices how we how we're generous with our heart with our lives. The, the, there were different kinds of, 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 of a tithe. There was a feast tithe that was eaten by the person themselves and their family in a feast at the sanctuary. There was the tithe for the Levites who would in turn tithe to the priest. The, the poor tithe to be stored up for the poor, specifically the widows, orphans, and strangers, all that our church would be there for the poor, for the ones that are struggling, that we would help them with the generosity that God provides. That this church would be known for helping people that are down and out and restore them back to a place of, of, of where they're educated and where we bring them out of a place of despair and put them on a path of restoration. See, that's what God does. God doesn't kick people when they're down. He, he brings a hand to help them. As I look at the, at, the, at the tithes in the Old Testament, the important thing that stands out is not how much they gave, but why they gave. They gave a tenth to celebrate God's faithfulness. They gave a tenth to provide for the Levites, those who were spiritual leaders who did, who did the service of God and they were busy, busy doing the work of God. Is there the New Testament uh, a principle to that where it says that a laborer is worth his wages do not muzzle an ox as he works in the field. He's talking about pastors and leaders when it talks about uh, people that are investing their lives into the lives of God's people. And it's okay to provide for them. And let me tell you something. Pastors don't need to be filthy rich, but they need to be able to eat. Amen? They need a little bit of la casita every once in a while. They gave a tenth for the poor and the orphans and the strangers. So we, that's the lens of the Old Testament and then we go to the New Testament and we look through the lens of the cross and we see that giving is not under the law but under an act of grace. And Jesus living in us is a generosity game changer. Hear me now. If you model Jesus, your generosity will change. Jesus said this, I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. In other words, the law has already been fulfilled in Jesus. Amen. So you're not you're you're not under the commandment to give, but you're under the grace of Jesus to open up your hearts and be generous. I jotted this down. I thought it would be important for us to look at giving God 10% is a beautiful number for me to strive for, but not to guilt over and certainly not to limit myself to. Are you with me? Let me, let me say this because Sean and I have experienced it. And I said last week, you could look at my, my, my app, you could look at my bank app, and you can see how the Lord has led us to be generous. I have no problem with that. And what I've seen is that at first it was real difficult, Sly, when you talked about taking that first, you know, uh, wad and giving it as a tithe. I remember Sean and I, the first time we ever tithed, I didn't even know what that was. I, I came from a, from a place of not walking with God, and she said, maybe we should tithe. And I was like, okay, what, what is that, babe? And she said, well, we're going to give 10%. And I'll never forget that. My checks at the mine at that time were $800 for that pay period. Buku bucks. Every two weeks. Right? And and I remember getting that check and and $80. We took $80 of that $800 check. And I was like, are you kidding me? We're going to give this to the church? (laughs) But since that time, what I've noticed more than anything is that God has remained faithful. And what I've noticed as well is that you can never outgive God. When, when, when Paul's taking an, an offering in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and we're going to look at that next week, he doesn't mention a tithe, but he does emphasize voluntary and generous giving. And this is what Paul says. This is a very important verse. In fact, this is something you should know. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in, in response to pressure. And I'm going to pause right there because I pray that Living Word Chapel will never make you feel pressured in any way with your money. I pray that, that's my prayer. When I toss and turn at night, when I'm talking about finances, I don't want for you to ever feel pressured or manipulated. Your money and what you do with it is between you and God. It's between you and your wife and God. But I'll tell you this, if you trust God, he will open up blessings for you like you've never seen before. And more than anything with material blessings, he'll open up your heart. He'll open up your heart to see how amazing he is. He says, God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And let me just ask you right now, when you give to the work of God, do you give cheerfully? When you're you're being generous, or do you give like, oh my gosh, I I don't know if I have it. I don't know if I'm, I'm gonna be able to do this. I don't know if we can. But do you see where that takes trust? Say amen if you, if you agree with me. Do you see where that takes trust? How, how many of you believe that it's, it's, God's, it's God's blessing on us to receive what we receive? Let's just process that. Then why wouldn't it be God's blessing on us for us to give back? And if God only says, I, if he says to us, give, give a tenth, do you understand that God is not asking for too much, but he doesn't want money to have your heart? Here's the second takeaway. God takes notice. Some people say God doesn't care about how much money, how much, I mean, how much you give. And to that, I would say that's not biblical. That's not biblical. God looks at everything. Uh, Jesus was in the temple. I talked a little bit about it last week. Jesus was in the temple in Luke 21, and he was uh, in the temple as the disciples are there. Look at what Jesus is doing. He watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Now, could you imagine Jesus being in the back in the, in the, in the, where the uh, collection boxes are at Living Word Chapel and him looking at everybody and seeing what you were putting in there? Look, look, this is a word. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins, and Jesus says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they gave, they have given a tiny part of their surplus, surplus. but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Now, I just, I, I picture the context right here, and here's the disciples, and they're, 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 they're sitting there, and they're saying, what is Jesus doing? And he's there where the collection box is, he's watching as people are giving, and he's going, and, he's, and he knows everything. And he looks and and, and he's looking, he's saying, look, look, she gave more. Does God care about what we do with our money? Yes, he does. Because he knows what money will do to us. It, it is, it's not the amount that he's after, but he's after our heart. In, in the days of, of, of Malachi, and I have to believe this, man, this is, this is so good. Thank you, Lord. In the days of, of, of Malachi, as he's talking to God's people, they were a mess. They were a mess. There was all kinds of immorality going on. And I know in America, there's not, there's not a lot of immorality going on. Think with me. Let's just think about it. There was all kinds of broken families. And I know in America, there's not a lot of broken families. Let's just think about it. There was all kinds of greed. And it was revealed because they couldn't even bring God the first part of their harvest. how do we fix our problem, beloved? How do we fix the immorality? How how, how do we fix the, 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 the divorce that's rampant? How do we fix the greed? Doesn't it start with generosity? Jesus said this, he said, he said this, you can't love God and love money. You'll either serve one and hate the other or serve the other and hate the other. Hear me now. More than, more than giving, more than Pastor James being up here giving, I think what the Lord is speaking to all of us is for our heart. And, and how do we fix our problem? It starts a lot of times with our pocketbook. It starts in, in, in what we're doing with the, the things that we're trusting, like like our finances. Your finances aren't your answer. Jesus is. A lot of wealthy people, a lot of wealthy people, They give. they, they try to fix their kids by giving them more. And they give them more. And they think that's going to fix their kids. But can I tell you something what happens to their kids? They manipulate them. And they end up worse. And how do I know this? I've seen it from experience. I've seen it over and over and over and over. Someone told me the other day, yeah, did you see what my grandkid did, my grandson did? Did you see what he did? And all these things. And as, as they're talking about it, I said, what I really would like to see. And I said it. And I, I, I thought about it afterwards. You shouldn't have said that. But I said this. I said, what I really would like to see is that, that little boy open up his Bible. And read the word because that's going to change his life. And we give and we give and we give. And think about America. We give and we give and we give and we want more and we want more and we want more and we want more. And want more in our and our in our country is getting more immoral, more greedy, more full of, 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 of things that are taking us away from God. And somewhere in the scripture. I believe that God says your way back is through your generosity. Your way back to, to restoration is, is by knowing that when you don't give, you're, not only are you cheating God, but you're cheating yourself out of a blessing. Should people cheat God? And he said, you have cheated me. I'm going to give you an epiphany. I just thought about this. And I'm going to give you something that happened that kind of changed my whole perspective. Sean and I went, I said it last week, Sean and I went through a real financial difficult time. And it, it all had to do with land. I'm not going to go into that. It was an inheritance that Shauna received. And we had to come up with a lot of things to bring that into, <laughs> into play. But anyways, the, things happened. But I'll never forget, God was really wanting to deal with the way that we manage our finances. And and not only did he want to work with us, because here's the important thing. If Sean and I can't manage our finances, this church would be a mess. Did you know that? We're leaders. It starts with us. So he wanted to, to help us manage our finances and be good stewards of our finances. And I'll never forget that for that whole year as he began to work in us and, and uh, we called this, this one guy who's wonderful, his name is Dave Ramsey. And we allowed for Dave Ramsey to put us on a plan where no, I didn't talk to him personally, but I started to read his books. And, and we started down a plan and the Living Word Chapel did the same thing. And by God's grace, he just did some amazing, amazing things here in the church as well as, as, as us. But in that time, epiphany, I kept every single receipt Everything that I spent for the year, and I'll never forget. I was looking at my receipts that we spent on groceries. I was looking at my receipts that I spent on eating out. I know. And I looked at our, at our at our giving statement. We've always given, but I looked at our at our eating out, and I said. We've got to change some things. Hear me. If you were to look at everything that you spent your money on and how much, and you factor in how much you give God, if your eating out is here and what you give God is here, there may, there may be a problem. If, I'm going to be, be careful, PJ. If your pickleball, if your p- p- pickleball expenditures are here and what you give to God are here, there may be a problem. If, if, if what you buy on, on, beverages, on beverages is here and what you give to God is here, there's definitely a problem. Are you... Uh... My favorite My favorite app. If Amazon... My, my wife will say, you got something else on Amazon? Babe, but they're supplements. I got to look good. If your Amazon receipts are here, and what you give to God is here, you, you might have cheated God. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not done. I'm not done, because thoughts are coming. If your cost on jiu-jitsu is here, It could go on and on and on. Should people cheat God yet you have cheated me? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. See, here's a third takeaway, which is incredible. Giving is a blessing in so many ways. I don't give so that I can be blessed, but I can tell you this, Shauna and I have been blessed because we give. Incredibly. And, and, and the, the, the gifts that we received are incredible, amazing, and mind-blowing. We, we recently went and did a wedding. And, and when we, we went to the wedding, we did it. We paid for our own room, everything. We, we, we went to northern Arizona, did this. And driving back, we were talking and about you know, the wedding and, and saying, you know what, the Lord provides, and we didn't even know what was going to happen, and we ended up getting a beautiful, beautiful gift in the mail, which we were like, he does provide. He does provide. It's constant. The Lord will always, always be true to his word. Right? He says, bring the tithes And I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. This is not James Reese saying, this is God's word. This is God's word. If you will choose to give consistently, not your leftovers, but give God consistently, he will bless you. Or else he would be lying right here. Amen? That's why the devil works so hard for us not to give to the local church and its mission. He works hard. Maybe I'll save that for next week. There's something I want to say, but I'm going to save that for next week. But it's good. Come back and I'll tell you about it. And the last one that I'm going to close with is this takeaway. It's important. Giving is a test. The Lord says, try it, put me to the test. It's the only place in the Bible where God calls us to test Him. Every other place. In the the word of God, it says, do not test God. In fact, when the devil was tempting Jesus, Jesus answered him and he said, "It it is written, do not put your Lord, your God to the test. But yet in Malachi, he says, I want you to test me with your generosity. And what we see is, he says, your crops will be abundant. I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fail. They will not fall from the vine before they are ripe. And for the people in that time, they needed their crops or else they wouldn't eat. They needed for God to keep the locusts and the caterpillars to stay away from their their wonderful harvest. They needed for their grapes to stay on the vine. And God says, test me. And God doesn't change. He's the same today. For us today, it's for our house's to stay in working order, for, for the paint to remain okay for the next couple years at least. You ever said that? Lord, just two more years and I'll paint my house. For, for the water heater to keep functioning beyond its warranty. For, for, for God to, to use our generosity in the church where you're fed spiritually and the church will thrive. And and God's church will not thrive. Hear me now, beloved. We can mince words and we can say, you know what, the the, the church is asking for money. No, No, the church isn't asking for money. God says that this is a way that we should live. But the church is better when it's financially kept healthy. Amen? Everything we do costs money. And God has provided. But I'll say this to you that all of us, if we want the church to go where God wants it to go, and I believe, and I've said this over and over, reach 1,000 people. I believe that's gonna happen, not because of me, not because of you, but because of Jesus Christ. Your neighbors that don't know the Lord will be better with the Lord. Your friends, your family that are far from God will be restored when they get close to God. And we want to be a part of that. And the only way we're going to do that, the only way we're going to do that is by reaching them with the love of Jesus Christ. And your faithful giving allows for us to do that. We have a... a, In the R1K vision, I asked... um, our accounting department. I said, do me a favor and, and give me the names of people that have been very consistent and generous during the past three years. I said, I don't need to know what they gave, but I want to know the people that have been generous. And so the, they brought me the list of, of, of names and there's many that are here. And there's several that are not here at Living Word Chapel in person, but they give online. There's people that give from Montana faithfully, faithfully. And people that give from, from, from different places in Tucson. And so I thought it'd be a really good idea for us to gather them together, the ones that could come and have our elders and our, and our deacons to come together and for us to have a dinner and for us to appreciate them. Appreciate them because without them, without you that have been faithful, we would have never made it through the pandemic. Never. Never. But when you consistently give, it's golden. When you consistently give, when you give year after year, Week after week, you allow for us to do what only we can do through Jesus Christ. And there's some of you in here, and you know who you are. You're, you're, you're here with us right now. You're, you have given to us, and you kept us alive. Jesus used you to keep us alive through the most difficult of times. And I'm so in, indebted to the Lord for, your grace, for, for the graciousness that you showed to us. You don't even understand how my heart is so glad because God showed himself to be true through your your faithfulness. And so as I close, as I close, God is real. Jesus is a savior that we all need. And he will be preached from this pulpit for generations until he comes back. And many people will be saved because of your unselfishness, your selflessness giving to the work of God. And I thank you, I thank you, and more than that, God thanks you for your generosity. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your, for your immense blessings. I pray, Lord, that your word has come out in a way that it's loving and filled with grace and yet convicting for all of us. We want to be stewards, good stewards of your monetary blessings. Lord, I pray that no one leaves here condemned, that no one will leave here feeling manipulated, but they will leave here knowing that we are blessed by the almighty God, And because of your blessing, we're able to be a generous people. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen.